Thank you, Lord God, Lord, for doing what you did not have to do and sending your son for us, for refusing, Lord God, to live without us, but give us an opportunity, Lord, to come back to you. And Lord, I just ask today that you would, Lord, with a message that's already been preached through the mouths of these children, Lord, I just pray today that you would reach down and touch those that are in the house. In Jesus' name. As we look here in John 12, this is Jesus' teaching. And with his teaching, uh, beginning in verse 23. But Jesus answered and said to them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So he's saying to them, This is the moment that I've came, the reason I came into the world. That the Son of Man should be glorified, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it. Today, I would like to take just a few moments and share with you the good news. The good news is what the word gospel means. It means to declare something, pronounce something good on earth. Now, folks, we will not understand how good the good news is if we don't understand how bad our bad news is. And in my concern for where we're living today is that many times the presentation of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, which brings you and I good news, has been so encapsulated, so intoxicated with the ideology of humanism. See, because humanism declares the end of man is the happiness of man. And you're saying, well, won't you be happy if you serve the Lord? I've never been happier in all of my life than to serve the Lord. But it's not always about happiness. See, because the gospel message of Jesus Christ and the gospel message, the good news for you and I, and the chief end of Christianity is not the happiness of man, it is the glory of the Father. So many times we come into the church and we get presented a message that we should be happy all the day long. And that if we are not happy, then Christianity didn't work. Could it be that the messaging may be a little bit skewed? Could be a little bit off? Let me explain. See, I raised three children. I raised my favorite people in the world. 
They married three more of my favorite people in the world, and they started producing more of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> but you know, my children, not all of them, a couple of them, loved sweets. They loved sugar. They loved candy. Dark chocolate, I don't understand that, but anyway. But you know, as a, they, they got that sweet tooth from their daddy. I love sweets. And you know, I could make them happy by giving them the sweets. And every mealtime, they could come along and I could just give them more sweets. And they're happy. And they're happy. Because if I believe that my end goal of life as a parent is to make them happy... They may be happy, but they most certainly will not be healthy. They will not be healthy because as a parent, my responsibility is to love them, is to protect them, and to provide for them. To give them the place of security. That is the structure in which God created. In fact, he created the home before the family before he created the church. He brought Adam and Eve together in relationship, and the enemy knew that this was not a good thing. So he attacked that relationship. How did he attack that? By leading them and beguiling them and tempting them to do what they knew they shouldn't do, to partake of the one tree. It was just one, folks, just one tree in the garden of all the goodness of God. There's just one thing the Lord asked, do not partake of this fruit, <laughs> 99 others, but they went after the one. And the Lord said, if you do that, you get this. If you do that, death comes as a result of that. So we have in our modern theology that God brought death into the world. God did not bring death into the world. God brought life into the world. But he made man in his own image to have a choice in matters of this domain in which he created. To live in constant, continual relationship and fellowship with the enemy knew as long as he, this man was in relationship with God, he had no reach into his life. He could bring no destruction into his life. And so the only thing he could do was tempt man because he couldn't tempt God. And man partook of what he should not partake of and in the end result... Death entered into the world. So did God bring death into the world? Man brought death into the world. And the Lord said the day therein you partake, you have no idea, Adam, the ramifications and the wars, not just the rumors of war, but the wars that will take place as a result when death enters into this place. So we look at that and we say, well, God is sovereign and he's done these things to us. No, folks, we've done it to ourselves. But the Lord said, I'm going to come back. And he brought his son, Jesus Christ, to bring back the imagers back into right standing with the Father. And so many times, and, and I, I tend to agree, I'm still chewing on this. I'm still, I'm still contemplating this. I read this the other day one of a preacher who has passed, and he made this statement. He said, and he was a revivalist, he was one who was passionate about the presence of God and the purposes of God. 
He said, the Lord is not looking for partnership. He's looking for ownership. He's not looking for partnership. He's looking for ownership. So we see in in our modern world, in our modern gospel, in our Western ideology, in our understanding, it's it's we come to the place and we're just we're giving this bill of goods and saying uh, we, God just wants to make you happy. And I want to declare to you a byproduct of living for God it is true happiness. It is true joy. It is true fulfillment. There is nothing better, in my humble opinion, than to live the entirety of your life from the earliest age you can until you reach the end of your days. There's nothing better than eternal life in relationship with Jesus Christ. There's nothing more rewarding. There is nothing that makes me happier or more fulfilled. But I live not wanting God to make me happy. I live as a son of the living God, a son through the son, so that I may bring glory to my Father who is in heaven. That is the end goal of Christianity, is to bring glory to our Father. So we have been given this idea that we can have resurrection without death. I ran across, and I I just, I was looking for the the passage there that says eye for eye and tooth for tooth and, and life for life. See, because that's what God gives us, an opportunity. My life for his life. His life for my life. And that passage is found, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, in in life for life. It's found in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, but it's talking about people who bring a false witness. And in this false witness... If they bring an accusation which is false, then the only end result of that is if it's they busted the tooth, then you bust their tooth. If they take your cow, you give them your cow. If you slayed someone, then their life is going to be slayed. So there's an accusation in the garden. That accusation came from the enemy. And it said, God didn't give you everything that you, want, that you needed. You, you, the Lord has held out upon you the things that, that lack in your life. What you need is the knowledge of the good and evil. So the temptation was the lack. And that's what we deal with in our lower nature every day of our life without Jesus Christ. is not knowing that everything that we need is in God. And when God is in us, we have all that we need. But the temptation is, is God has not secured you. He has not, he has not taken care of you. He is a, he's a father who has abandoned you. And there's a spirit of rejection and abandonment because of your natural relationships. But that's not the God that we serve. But see, there was an accusation that came forth. And the result of that was that man should be this and man is not that. <laughs> 
Man should be, should be an individual uh, who is broken down and abandoned, and he, has, uh, he does not have a father. He's fatherless, uh, but he, uh, he is insecure in all that he does. Uh, and the Lord stood and said, No, I bear witness that he is all that God has made him to be in me. I will stand uh, as the one, the proxy. I will be the sacrifice uh, so that my life uh, now can be given to their life. What is the Lord asking for? Child, he's asking for all of you. How can he rightfully ask for all of me? Because he's already given all of him. He has already changed. He's already made the, the purchase. He has laid himself down for you. Why? So that he can, you can become a robot and do everything that he tells you to do and you can be... all I got. See, the Bible tells us that he that loves his life, I love my identity, I love who I am, I love what I do. Outside of Christ, I can do it all myself. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I'll do it all. I'm not coming under authority. Let me tell you, if you don't come under authority, you can't walk in authority. You can't speak the word of God if you're not under the word of God. You cannot live in the authority of God if you're not under his authority. There's no policeman in this town that if he, he may get away with it for a little bit, but he's not going to get away with it forever. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And if a police officer takes uh, his, his uniform, puts it on with his badge and his gun, and he goes in and robs QT across the street, let me tell you, there's going to be witnesses. There's going to be those that come in, even if he doesn't have his uniform on. He's going to lose his position. Why? Because he used his authority profanely, and he used his authority, and he came out from underneath that authority. And the end result uh, is the fact that we cannot use God's authority for our own selfish gain. We have to use his authority in order to accomplish his will to bring glory to the Father. Amen. So don't tell me you're a child of God and you live like the devil. Don't tell me you've got the resurrected spirit inside of you and you've never ever died to your old identity. Do not get up and minister if you are living in sin. Don't do it because you are reaping and there's going to be a judgment that is laid at your feet. And my God, help us if we don't preach the good news that there is a gospel of purity and power in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear me. He that hates his life. My personal testimony is this. I got to the point I hated my old identity, my old life. I hated it. I hated it, and I hated the fact that people were praying for me. Because the more they prayed for me, the more I came into this place of hatred for myself. Her 
Sorry. Come on, Andy. I'm just preaching a point here. Uncle Andy was a man of faith and power, and he was a, he was a student of the word, and he would just he was on me like ugly on an ape. He just wouldn't leave me alone. Always nagging me to go to church, go to church. Mike, go to church. He would call us, hey, Andrea, um, what does this scripture say about that? And Hey, Mike, what do you think the Bible says about this? Always planting his little seeds and praying his little prayers. Annoying. Those Christians can be annoying when they know what they are about, when they understand the divine purpose that they have on earth, when they understand that they want to bring glory to the Father, they will stop at nothing to get your sorry hide in the kingdom. I want you to be happy. I know some of you are thinking, I could be fooled by that. (laughs) I want you to be joyful. I believe the children of God should be the happiest, most fulfilled people in all the earth, no matter what happens or what comes your way. I believe you can be unshaken by all the storms and the floods of life. I believe that you can found your life, uh, be founded upon the Word of God, and when the floods come, you will not be moved because you understand your foundation. You understand who you are. But let me say to you, you cannot live this resurrected life uh, if you're constantly living uh, as wholly alive in your old self. Uh, you got to get to the place where your identity is not the most important thing. Uh, you lay your life down. You hate yourself. You hate your old identity, your propensities, your nature, and you surrender your life to God. And what happens in that moment, there's a rebirth at your death. There's a rebirth at your death. Evangelists, hear me today. Don't go sell the gospel as, a, as something that makes people happy. Nothing else. It is a death, burial, and resurrection. It is a life worth living on earth. It is to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I will try nothing without him. Resurrected life. Does the resurrected spirit live inside of us? Galatians 2.20 in the Passion Translation says this. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ. Let me read that again. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of my new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one, the Christ, lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, despising, dispensing, I should say, his life into mine. His life into mine. 
these aggravating, annoying Christians in my life kept not only inviting, but they kept praying for me. They kept calling my name out before God. Let me encourage you, get your youth in youth group. We take their information, and with that information, we have people assigned that are praying over them every single day of their life. We are teaching them to get into the Word of God, hoping to spark a hunger and a revival in them. Why? Because we live in a, not just because we live in a messed up world, it's because we want to see their future secure in Jesus Christ. We want to see a generation that rises up that brings glory to the Father. You know what? Our legislation and our government has gone crazy. Crazy. I'm not even going to talk about Oregon right now. I met a preacher last week, and he, he told me about the education system in Oregon. Could you imagine? You not only cannot tell the kids what to do or not to do, you can't even tell them one plus one equals two. You can't correct them. Otherwise, you are pushing a right-wing agenda, and you are just trying to bring them into some sort of oppression. My God. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I thought he was joking. Go look it up. You'll discover our world has gone crazy. It's gone mad. And so we have left our children to fend for themselves. They have, they don't, you can't say you love your child if you don't protect your child. You can't say that, that you're really concerned about their security if you don't give them some sort of boundaries to live under. Amen. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm just talking about just basic parental guidance of a child. My two-year-old granddaughter doesn't know what's best for her. All the way up, in fact, until they get out of my care, they don't know what's best for them. <laughs> you try to empower them to rise to the occasion, but until they come to that level of maturity, they've got to have some guidance. They don't know if they're confused and they need some truth. <laughs> they need some mothers and fathers in the house saying, you are not that. You are not what the devil says you are. You are not what culture says you are. You are who God says you are. But see, we've got to get to the place where our old identity has been co-crucified with Christ. And we don't live anymore. I don't like to relish over the old days. I don't find any joy in the life that I lived. I don't like to reminisce on the friends that I lost because we drank too much and corralled too much and I don't like to talk about the, the drugs that I've taken and the things that I've done and the father who committed suicide and the mother who's mentally ill. I don't really relish those thoughts. I don't like to necessarily talk about the things that I've done and the abuse that I've done to my body and the hurt that I brought upon others 
In fact, I got to the place where I was so hated all of that because I was under such deep, overwhelming conviction that I didn't want anything to do with the old man anymore. I wanted him dead, buried, and gone. And finally, when I came to the Lord, I came to the Lord Jesus. I, I said, God, I can't. Lord, either save me or kill me. But Lord, I cannot stay like this. Either save me or kill me. And the Lord granted my prayer. He not only saved me, but he killed the old man. He, I surrendered all to him, and in that surrender, he surrendered all to me. See, the good news is, God loves you with an eternal love. You can leave this world unsaved, but you cannot leave this world unloved. Doesn't matter what rejection you've had in your family. And I have experienced that rejection in a family. It doesn't matter who puts you to the curb, who has abused you. And I've experienced those things. And you may feel unloved until you step into the house of God's love. And you step into the word of the Lord. And you base the foundation of your life upon him and him alone. Now you understand. It doesn't matter if the whole world forsake me. I know I'm loved. How do I know because there was a Savior that came and he gave himself for me. Life for life. See, that's good news to me. That now, once he resurrects inside of me, I don't have to validate the old man. I don't have to pump him up. Because inevitably, he's going to spring a leak. Come on, get that ego pumped back up. Come on. That's one way to live, if you're going to call it that. Or you can just cross over that line. You can go to the grave with the Lord. And now, he can resurrect on the inside of you. So anytime the enemy comes against you, hey, it's not personal. <laughs> He's just trying to get to my Lord who lives on the inside of me. Oh, I'm unrighteous? Yeah, in and of myself. But he who knew no sin became sin so that I may become the righteousness in him. So it's not my righteousness that gets me in. It's his righteousness, and it's not what I'm doing. It's what he's already done. It's not, it's not who I am. It's who he is on the inside of me. And what I need to do is not trying to earn my wings. All I got to do is learn my wings. And all I need to do is let those wings rise when the Spirit begins to move, and then I take flight in the things of God. Amen? See, that is good news. The bad news is, is I'm always trying to work up the old guy, trying to get him to the place to look better, be better, do better, and it never comes out good. It always comes out destructive. But man, when you stop, say, dude, you look like a guy I used to know. I love to meet people that knew me when. There's nothing more fun. Because usually I don't tell them right off. 
I don't tell people I'm preacher right off. You know why? Because they cut me right off. <laughs> Always let it just like, you know, kind of ease into it a little bit. <laughs> just just wait a little bit. Because once you tell them the preacher, like, religious. There was, this is no exaggeration. Andrew was there. She bears witness with this. There's an old schoolmate, and unfortunately, it was a schoolmate that I, I used to haze. I used to give him a hard time. I regret that now, but back then, it's just, I don't know. You know, kids are kids. It's not a good excuse, but it's, it's a wrong one. But he knew we went. Back, you remember the back in the days of the video stores? We were looking for videos, and she was at the back and in the romance, and I was over in the, I was over the, in the metal scaping metal area. And this guy walks up to me, his old classmate, Ralph. Ralph come up to me, and he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, I'm just getting a video here and going home with my family, and we're going to watch a, watch a show. Just find, trying to find a decent show to watch here. He says, what are you doing now? I said, well, at the time, I said, well, I'm a youth pastor. Say what? I'm a youth pastor. Andrea was looking across the the store that's so stunning. He froze. I left him there. <laughs> he may still be there. <laughs> what happened to Ralph? I don't know. He went out with Blockbuster. Because I came to the place. God brought me to the place. I hated myself. I hated my sin. I hated my failures. I hated what the world says I was. I hated what the stepfather told me I was. I hated the pain that I brought to other people. I hated the abuse that I brought to my body hated my sin, but I had no escape. I didn't know how to get out of it. I tried religion. It didn't work. I tried the do-goodisms. It didn't work. And I said to the Lord that night, I said, God, I don't know how to do this. Please help me. I cannot stay this way. He said, son, if you will surrender all to me, if you will just let go, if you will just release all to me, just like you did when you jumped off the dam into the water 60 feet above the, above the shoreline, if you'll just jump, he said, I'll catch you. He didn't tell me he was going to give me all of him. He told me to jump and he would catch me. I said, oh, Lord God, are you sure? You know. I said, Lord, I saw I held on the back. And see, every other time I came to the Lord, I'd always Always hold back just a little bit. And if you're holding back just a little bit, you're going to go back. He said, I want it all, all for you, all of you. And so I did what the only thing I could do in that moment. I jumped. And when I jumped, God caught me. He caught me. And he said, now you get all of me. Oh, my Lord. I said, God, you got the worst end of this deal. 
711 Jefferson Street in Bowie, Texas. On a night, I wrestled with the Lord. I laid in that bed and I died that night to my old self. When I got up the next day, there was a spirit, the Holy Spirit, resurrected the life of Christ in me. And I was root to ever be the same kind of sinner I was before. But there was a compulsion on the inside of me to live right, to do right, to go after God and to pursue his presence and to become everything that he has purposed and chosen for me to do. And that journey has not stopped. It continues on and on and on. We celebrate Christmas and we, we put presents under the tree and I'm all for that. We play um, we, we, we do crazy things at our house and have an untalented talent show and uh, we just enjoy each other's uh, it, it, we enjoy each other's presence and we, 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 the grands get in there and they just ramsack the place and it's, it's wonderful, it's beautiful but it's more than that it's more than just sharing that it is knowing why Jesus Christ came, he declared it right here he said I've come into this world for this hour. It's not my happiness that is at stake. It is the welfare of the entirety of humanity. And I have come to bring glory to my Father. And I want to put that same spirit on the inside of you. Dads, the greatest thing you can do for your children is sell out to God. Mothers, the greatest thing you can do for your family is to sell out to the Lord. Children, the greatest thing you can do for your present and your future, students hear me today, is to give all of your heart to God. But this is what I do know. Unless the Spirit of the Lord is moving in your heart right now, there's no amount of words or reasoning that can change. There must be a supernatural encounter in your heart today when you come to the moment of true repentance. Then the Lord steps in with real results. Resolve in your heart and he will fix you today and you will not be able <laughs> even to fake it anymore. You try to proclaim God and you're not living for God, there will be such deep overwhelming conviction you can't stay in that sin anymore. You try to get up and sing for the Lord and you, he is not Lord of your life, there will be such overwhelming conviction come upon you that you won't be able to stand under it. Go home and you'll throw away some things. Yes. You'll turn off some things. You'll start seeking some help to get you out of that bondage that you're in. Because when life comes alive inside of you, you don't want anything to do with bondage anymore. Let me tell you what cured my alcoholism. It was the Holy Spirit. You know what cured my self-destructive behavior? It is a relationship with the living God. How did I get that? I got it by dying to self, dying to my old identity. And God entered in. Amen. Worship team, could you please come and help me right now?
Let's go back to that song. I like the lyrics of that song that Laney sang. I want you to go back to that one. Tells a story. I want you to stand all across this room. Hear me today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I hope with all of my heart that you're uncomfortable right now. Amen. My best friend in all the world I pleaded with, I came into the kingdom and he didn't. I begged him and pleaded with him. I did everything I knew to do. I tried to influence him in every way possible. I tried the hard approach. I tried the soft approach. I tried the relationship. I did everything I could for him. Funny thing is, is when you come into the kingdom of God, you don't have to separate from your old friends. Your old friends are like, I don't want nothing to do with that. Wasn't my choice, but we, we drifted apart. Continue to pray for him. I was pastoring in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I got word James got in a car leaving a bar the night before. Drunk. He drove to his death killed not only him, but another person with him. As far as I know, James is in eternal damnation forever and ever and ever and ever. My father, 41 years of age, went out and laid down in a garage after drinking six beers, took a 38 revolver, put it to his head, and he ended his life. He could not find the relief. He could not find forgiveness of his sins. He is in eternity and he'll never escape. He'll never get out of there. The list goes on and on and on and on. So please forgive me if I get a little bit passionate about your eternity. I want you to be happy. I want you to be fulfilled. Most of all, I want you to be saved. This may be your one and only opportunity. We had a service, and I feel the Spirit of God share this story. We had a service, and our pastor stopped the service. There were three teenagers sitting over to the side, and the other teenagers, the pastor called them all up front. And he said, I don't know why, but I just, I just feel compelled to stop the service and start ministering to these young people. And all the young people in the youth group came forward, but three kids that were visiting were sitting over there, and they did not respond. They did not move. And he felt an overwhelming sense that something was not right, and so he pleaded with all the young people, the students, Three weeks later, those three youth were in a car accident. They didn't die instantly. The first one did. The other two died. One died a week later and one died three weeks later. Funeral after funeral. There was an opportunity given. There was a response asked. 
they said, I don't want that relationship. If you are so sick of your life that you're tired of the failures and you're ready to lay it all down, then I want to give you an opportunity to come to this altar and to surrender your life to God. If that's you, come on. They're going to start singing right now. Father, in the name of the living God, I pray, Lord, the resurrected spirit to come alive and those that, Lord God, come to this cross today and surrender all, no matter where they're at, Lord, in the balcony, in the pew, on the stage. I just pray right now, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way, that, Lord, we would surrender, God, this day, our entire life to you in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, come on.